And so as I begin the message that I've, I want to share today, it's really based around the theme that has been framing us in January 2023. And that really is, and Andreas has already shared it, it's actually building our lives on the unshakable promises of God the unshakable promises of God. And I don't know, many of you will have seen these cards. And on the back of the card, it's got building my life on unshakable promises and it's God's unshakable promises. And on the back of the card, we've got seven things in which you and I can be established in. Established in His Word, in the Lord, in His love. Many things that we can be established in. And what I want to share today is about how you and I can be established in God's ways. And you know, there's many more things than seven, but hey-ho, seven is enough to be getting on with, even if we all just chose one and worked on that. Would you not agree? Well, a key word here is established. And I want to just share with a few moments that I have on that particular word. Because, you know, there is a dictionary definition, the Oxford Dictionary definition, which is just it's pretty much says that it's something that will last a long time. But I've gone to the Bible Dictionary. So the context of what I'm going to share with you is basically a biblical context because we are believers and we actually follow the Word of God. So it's so much richer. So let me just share what the biblical definition of established is. There's many and I've chosen a few to share with you. And one of them is to settle permanently. Permanently. Another is to decree by authority and for continual existence, which means there's an authority that means that this will stand the test of the time, this will persevere, this will continually exist forever and ever and ever. Much more than it was gonna last a long time. And you know, in Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth had been given to him. So when we're talking about something that has been decreed by authority for perseverance, for continual, for always and forever, the authority that we're talking about is not a natural authority. It is a supernatural authority, the authority of God himself. Isn't that amazing? The final authority is God's Word. It's not what we think. It's not what the culture of today thinks. It's actually God's Word. In Matthew 24, verse 25, the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And I don't know what you think of when you hear these words, words like permanent authority forever, always. But to me, they are firm, solid words, full of conviction, full of faith. But you know what? This word established also has two other significant meanings that I want to share. And one of them is to fix in place what is wavering, what is doubtful, or what is weak. And we don't want to be like that. James 1 verse 6 says, The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. How many of you want to live a life where you are blown and tossed about by all the winds of the world and life and reality? None of you are going to put your hand up for that. I certainly am not. And if you are, I'm going to have a chat with you later. No, we don't want to be like that. Imagine a little boat being tossed and blown around on the ocean. It's going to capsize. It's going to be loss of life. 
There's going to be injury. That is not the life that God has called us to live. He wants us to be established. He wants to actually fix what is wavering, what is doubtful and what is weak. So if you're going from trusting Jesus one moment with something to actually being so fearful and doubtful the next, this is for you. Because we've all been there, haven't we? I believe, I believe. God, you're speaking. God, you're moving. And then, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Even Peter, bless his darling heart, said, I I believe, help my unbelief. So this is for you and this is for me. Amen. We can be reassured that as we become established in Christ, in His way and in His will, that we will become rooted and grounded and established in Him. So this is for you if you sometimes doubt. Amen. Allowing Him by the power of His Holy Spirit to fix in place what is causing you to doubt. To fix in place the things that you doubt. To fix in place the things that you waver. To make it steadfast, to settle it. And to actually deal with and strengthen what is currently weak in your life. You know, and tonight I'm going to ask questions. And one of them right now is what is currently weak in your life? What are you doubtful in? What are you wavering right now? Because none of it is going to be too much for Jesus. He's here. The Holy Spirit is here. And He's like, oh, I've got that. I can help you with that. I can support you with that. I can comfort you with that. I can guide you with that because that's who I am. That's who I am. That's the Holy Spirit. And the final definition of the word established that I want to share with you tonight is basically to set something up in place of something else. And when we look at this in context of being believers and believing in God and loving Jesus, and if you are not there right now, you're in the great place because this is faith-filled and a faith-filled environment. And we are going to give you an invitation to make Jesus your Lord and Saviour. Amen. But to set something up in place of another. And this context means our thoughts. To set our thoughts and our ways, just to put them aside and to allow His thoughts and His ways to become part of our life. That is what this is about. Changing our thoughts and our ways for His thoughts and His ways. And in Isaiah 55 verse 9, God says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, a very famous scripture, God says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You see, His thoughts for us are pure. They are absolutely for our betterment. They are for our well-being. He's not a stingy God. He doesn't want to be the party pooper. He actually wants us to have this incredible life that He talks about in John 10.10, which is an abundant life. But prior, before, before we hear about the abundant life, we hear Jesus saying that the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life in abundance. And that's why it is so important that we understand His ways, His will, so that we can live according to His ways and His will. You see, there is light and there is darkness. There is good and there is evil. And we are on planet Earth for such a time as this to be part of the solution, to be part of the light. Amen? Amen? You know, in the Bible Gateway 
you can go on biblegateway.com and put established in. And in the new, uh, the NIV version at least, there's 82 references to the word established. And I read them. And what I want to say, it was very interesting to see with the word established quite often in scripture or in the context of that, that scripture came the word forever. God wants us to be established in something that is going to last forever. He wants to actually set you up, not just for yourself, but for the generations to come. You know, this is so, like I said, this is so much richer and deeper than a long time. Because, you know, define a long time. You, if you are desperate for the bathroom, my dears, three minutes is a long time. But, you know, if you've got a plane delay and it's three hours, you know, okay, it's a long time. It's three hours. But, hey, three, minutes, three hours for a bathroom, that is too long. So define a long time. Well, the biblical um, dictionary defines it for us. It's forever. That means it never ceases. The impact of it will never cease. Amen. In God, we can be established in things that will last forever. And in this day and age where it comes and it goes, it comes and it goes, and then there's this and there's the next, I want something secure. I want to know that I'm part of something and I'm established in something and someone who's going to last forever. Let me read Psalm 111 verses 7 to 9. It says, The works of His hands are truth and absolute justice. All His precepts, which means all His ways, are sure, established, reliable, trustworthy. They are upheld forever and ever. They are done in absolute truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to His people. He has ordained His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name, inspiring reverence and godly fear forever. And His precepts, His ways are established, reliable and trustworthy. He is not trying to lead us astray. He is trying to lead us home safely. Amen. And when we hear the word fear, I know when I was a kid, I went, oh gosh, fear God, fear God. And it was a bit like, you know, church sometimes used to be like hellfire and brimstone kind of services. And I was like, yeah, I better make sure I know Jesus, you know. And, um, but it's not, I remember my father explaining to me, Joyce, it's not about fearing and being afraid of God. When we see the word fear in the Bible in, in context of God, our heavenly father, it is actually pertaining to reverence and honour. And that's what God is asking us to do, to revere Him, to honour Him. That is what He's worthy of. That is what He's worthy of. You know, God loves us and He always will love us. There's nothing that you could do to cause Him to love you less. There's nothing that you could do to cause Him to love you more. He just loves you. He loves me. He loves humanity. He loves us. That, that goes without saying, but that is not an excuse to choose and make choices that go against His will and His ways. And I feel like we've got to get honest. We've got to get a little bit sharper. We've got to get a little bit sharper. What are His will, His ways and His will? Are we willing to look into it and find out more about His truth, His will, His way? You know, a valid question to ask ourselves, and I'm actually going to ask quite a few questions to all of us tonight. But do we, do you, do I deem Jesus worthy enough? 
I know he loves me, but do I deem him worthy enough to follow him? Yes, he loves us, but do we deem him worthy enough to take up our cross and follow him? You know, the cross for you will be different than the cross for me, but do we deem him worthy enough? Or are we just lavishing in his love and taking for granted that he's worthy of us following him? It's a good question to ask ourselves, amen? And you know what? It's okay. It's okay to be in a place right now where you go, actually, Joyce, I don't know. It's okay. You're in a safe place here. We've all been there where there's, we've, we've been, you know, faced with a situation. We've been faced with a question and we've got to decide and we're not sure. It's okay. It's okay to be in the process. It's okay, you know, to say, look, I, I have to process this. I need to think about this. I understand that. But can I just say that we cannot process things for the rest of our days. The very nature and definition of processing something is that you start and then you make a choice and then there's an intermediate time where you're working a journey but finally you get to a decision and you get to a destination. And I think, our, you know, in this day and age, we're too busy processing all of the time. We actually need to realize what that actually means. Amen. And I feel like we just got to get honest and just got to ask ourselves some questions. And I'm praying and I have been praying all week for a spirit of humility to be in the house tonight. A spirit of humility where we say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I want you. I want you more than anything or anything else. We've just said, haven't we? We've sung so beautifully. You sounded amazing. And we sang that we're going to bring everything to the feet of Jesus. What is everything? When I last looked, it means everything to the feet of Jesus. And I'm singing my little heart out here thinking everything, the little things, the big things, I'm bringing it all to the feet of Jesus. And I believe tonight we're going to have a moment where we're going to come and we're going to bring it to the feet of Jesus. Allow him to begin the process in us. Because you may not be sure, but the Holy Spirit is sure. He knows which way you should go. He knows how to lead and guide you into all truth concerning all things. Amen. Amen. You see, the world we're living in, it's not a game. The world we're living in is a battlefield. And we need to know, yes, it's a good fight. We are fighting the good fight. My dad used to say, it's a good fight, Joyce, because we win. Don't worry about the fight. It's a good fight because we win. But it's nonetheless a fight. And you don't, you know, you just need to look around, lift your eyes up and see what's going on on planet Earth to know this world is in a fight. That it is groaning under the weight of sin and despair. But that's why we're here. Because we have hope. His name is Jesus. We have freedom. His name is Jesus. Amen. That is why we are here and we don't do it in our own strength. Oh my gosh, we've got the Holy Spirit in us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling in you and dwelling in me. And that is how we are empowered to actually live this way. It's not your strength and my strength because hey ho, I would be checking out already if it was down to little old me and beautiful old you. No, no, no. Do we realise? Do we realise the anointing that is in us? Do we realise the power that is within us? There's so much that we could tap into. The potential within each and every one of us is amazing for good, for kingdom purpose, for kingdom plan. Amen.
And you know, not just the Holy Spirit, we've got each other. We've got a community of faith. That's why I love wherever you may be, if you're like, Joyce, I haven't got a clue, I just don't know, but you're here. Praise God, you're here. We are so thankful you're here. Let's give a good big cheer for those who are here. Amen. And I don't want you to worry about the how right now. Don't think about the how, think about the why. Don't think about how you're going to do it. The Holy Spirit and your faith community will help you. But let's think about the why. Why would you want to live God's way? Why would you want to be established in the truth? Why would you, why would you do this for your life? I'll tell you why. Because life is better than death and light is better than darkness. Amen. Freedom is better than bondage. Amen. Faith is better than fear. Hope is better than worry. And that's what our world needs. You need it, I need it, our world needs it, amen? That's my reasons, a few of them. You know, living in the truth as well. When we live in the truth, seriously, we have an impact on society as a whole. We have an impact in our apartment blocks, on the streets. We have an impact here in the hotel when we live in truth. You see, we've been brought out of darkness into truth so that we can shine brightly in the darkness. That's why we're here. And you might be like, oh, Joyce, I cannot think of anybody else right now. I've just got my head above the water. And it's like, you know, every time I feel like I can come up, I get, life just pushes me back down. It's okay. That's why we're here. That's why we've been here. That's why we have been praising together with you. Because you know, when we praise together, we confuse the enemy. We see that back in Chronicles when they didn't know what to do. They were so confused. There were enemy armies coming against them, many enemy armies coming against the children of God. And you know what? They started to praise God, which was thanking Him for what He'd done, what He was doing and what He was going to do. And it confused the enemy. Your praise will confuse the enemy. You're in an environment where we've been praising and praising makes way for the miraculous. We see Paul and Silas in jail. They praised God and the miraculous took place. The earth shook, the, the jail prison doors were open and they walked out. Amen. And when we praise God, we actually turn the lights on. Darkness goes when we praise God. And that's the environment that you're in. And I believe tonight what is clouding you, what is confusing you, what's been dark, light's going to be turned on. And the Holy Spirit is going to reveal truth. Amen. How good is that? How good is that? In this environment. Listen, I just want to say, I've got so much to share here. So much to share. But I think, you know, I just want to, this scripture, Proverbs 24 verse 3, it says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Wisdom. We get wisdom through the Word of God. We get wisdom when we apply and understand and we apply His Word to what we do. His will and His way, not our will and our way. Godly wisdom, which you have available and I have available, will build our lives. You know, last week, Andreas shared on the foolish man, the foolish man who built his house on the sand and then the wise man who built his house on the rock. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, okay, well, it's actually going to be the foolish man house, man's house that's going to be destroyed. What do you want to be known for? Do you want your life to be known for being steadfast? Or do you want your life to be known for being just tossed to and fro and actually collapsing when the trials come, when the storms come? Because both men had to build houses. The storm came to both. Just because we know Jesus, it doesn't mean we're exempt from it. But we've got a hope that is an anchor. Our faith is an anchor to our soul. Amen? Amen? So I want to ask you, 
what needs to be established in your life. Are you ready for that honest conversation tonight, you and the Holy Spirit, to ask Him? The other question is, are you humble enough to actually seek His truth? Not a truth, but His truth concerning your life. And you know, as I bring this to a close, last week, Anna, she shared with us and showed us a picture of a well. And in this well, she then shared a few things that, she, that spoke to her about this well. And that got me thinking about wells. You know, practically, since ancient of times, wells have been a source to provide clean water for people. And it's supposed to be for generations. It's not like a bottle of water where you drink it and then when it's done, it's done. The wells that have been dug in ancient times, when we talk about, you know, like 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago, they were built for the generations. And you know, the wells of clean water. Wherever there was a well with clean water, people were able to draw from it and use the clean water to live flourishing lives. And the thing is, I've seen personally firsthand the, the, the difference a clean water well will make for a community. I saw it in Uganda. And it is amazing because up until then, children were dying of preventable diseases and the adults were getting very sick on a regular basis. And then clean water came from a well. And you know, the well of salvation is a beautiful well that God has gone to great lengths to establish for you and I. The well of salvation where we can draw from it. Because you know, right now, there is a lot of bacteria infested water going around. It's not truth, it's darkness. And God has got clean, fresh water that will supply for you and supply for the generations to come. Amen. But you know, spiritually as well, when we speak of wells, water is indicative of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said in John 4 verse 14, whoever drinks the water that I give him will never, never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up, continually flowing and bubbling with him to eternal life. That is what God has done for you and I. But you know, like in the ancient of days, when we see all the wells that were dug by Abraham to serve Isaac and Jacob and the generations to come, what we see is that the Philistines, who were the enemy of the children of God, actually went and filled them up. They filled them up with dirt and debris and rocks and all manner of things to block the water. I want to ask another question. What has been blocking the water for you? What circumstances, what challenges, what relationships, what is it that has been blocking the water for you? What mindset is blocking the water for you? Well, today is a day I believe that it's going to be unblocked in the name of Jesus. And yes, you're going to get, go on a journey to renew your mind to the ways of God. That is a process. That is a process. But today I believe that God wants to do something miraculous. This is a house of miracles. We have been declaring it. And the thing about the wells that were established they, when they were unblocked, they started to provide water for Abraham, for Isaac, for Jacob, for their family, for their servants, for the herds, and for all of the land around them as the water was used to irrigate. Our world needs to be irrigated with the truth of God. Our world needs to be irrigated with the love of God. Our world needs to be established in Christ and Christ alone. Amen? Amen? And so that's what I just want to bring to you tonight, my dears, as I bring this to a close. Are we, Hillsong Berlin, are we ready 
to be established in the things of God, in His will and His way.